Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today. We've been talking about education of our children and some important things. We live in a time when there is a big cultural battle. And the cultural battle we see that has spilled out into our general population and the division in our country that people are worried and concerned about, this has been brewing in our schools for a long time. And now we're just seeing the the fruit of it. What happens with the raising of children and the education of children doesn't usually show up immediately. It takes sometimes a generation or even longer, several generations, to really see the effect and fruitfulness or consequences of it. And so when we talk about educating our children, sometimes we expect immediate results. And just like negative education doesn't show up immediately, also positive takes some time to show up. And I know some of us are pioneers and are faithfully, by faith, believing that certain choices we make and sacrifices we make will make a difference for generations to come. I'd like to share a little bit about my wife and I, Roz, our experience with educating our children. We, we um, and particularly, I'd like to talk a little bit today about the topic of homeschooling or home education. Our first child was born in 1978, and so we, we made our first decisions and really looked into this, what do we want to do schooling-wise in the early 80s? Now, at the time, we became interested in and convinced that we wanted to home educate our kids, but this was not very common then. It's become far more common now. As a matter of fact, I understand there's estimates I see anywhere from 6 to as much as 9%. That would almost be, you know, one out of uh, as high as almost one out of 10, one out of 11, maybe one out of every 15 children in America today are being homeschooled. Now, I'd find that a little bit hard to believe, but th- this is the statistics. And I find it quite encouraging if that's the case, because we, we believe strongly in home education. Obviously, we have three options when educating our children. We talked yesterday, and this is important, the foundation, we're always educating our children. You're educating, no matter what you do with your formal schooling, you're educating your children at the dinner table. You're educating your children when they see you, your attitudes, and they hear your words, and they see what you watch on TV, and they see what you talk about when you're in the car, and they see how you relate to your spouse. You're educating your children, and some of this is the education that's far more important than any of the formal education they'll get. That's the foundation. This is where they learn Christian character, Christian values. Again, more is caught than taught here, and this is so, so important that we understand. At the same time, we're talking here more today about the formal education. What are you going to do to help them specifically learn the, the academic requirements necessary in the world in which we live today? And you have basically three options, uh, and each of them has their pros and cons. You've got public school. The big advantage of that is it's free. Beyond that, there's a number of disadvantages. But let's let's be honest. Some people, it's, uh, the finance of it is a real challenge, and that is a way that's the typical route most people take. The government pays for it. It's a free education for your kids. The second option is private school. That's the most expensive option. It takes some money. 
Now, fortunately, there are more and more states that are offering tuition vouchers uh, if, if, where you can make choices, the parents can make choice, and the money follows the child rather than the school. And I, by the way, might add, I think this is a huge, huge, huge aspect of social policy that we should always be encouraging. As a matter of fact, this might be one of the most important social policy issues that we can encourage, and that is that the money that the state gives and the city gives would follow the child rather than just go to the school district. And that way parents can make choices to send to a private school or wherever they want. If they want to send to the public school, they can, but the money follows the child rather than the child just having to go where the money is. It's a big difference in, in a balance of power there, shall we say. But private school, particularly Christian school, offers tremendous advantages. Uh, you can have a God-centered education. You can, When we put our children in Christian school, we, what we did is homeschool up until about middle school or, or so. And when we put them in Christian school, one of the things that impressed us is how much the, the, the teachers prayed for their children. We, we had new prayer partners for our kids, and the, these teachers had told us how often they'd pray for them, and of course, they'd, they'd want to disciple them. They'd want to see them grow in Christian character, and they'd want to see them grow in the love of God, and these were things that so impressed us. I remember uh, we got them involved in sports, and I remember one, our, our basketball coach, I was, you know, I used to play basketball, and I was talking to about one of my kids once, and I commented about a little play I thought he could do that would help uh, a pretty good relationship with this coach and it's something they could do to help maybe spring my son free for a few more shots and you know maybe like a typical dad but this coach you know he said I just think he needs to know God loves him a little bit more that's what he needs wow what a response from the coach talking to me the pastor we were delighted to include people like this in the in the training and education development of our kids and if this is something you can afford, that's wonderful. And then there's the third option, homeschooling. Homeschooling has so many advantages that we appreciate. And as I said, what we did was a hybrid of homeschool up until middle school. When, uh, when we were in San Diego, our oldest daughter finished her high schooling in a public school. And our second son began some in the public school but they then finished in the Christian high school, and the younger ones all went homeschool, then middle school on in the um, Christian schools. It was expensive. It took money. I had to be I, I had to be creative in how to make some money and how to be able to pay them and so on. But we're glad for the course we took. All that being said, I want to talk some about homeschooling because there, again, we were pioneers at the time. And we didn't have the success rate that now so many homeschoolers have. There was all kinds of things. Aren't you going to ruin the kids? What are they going to learn? You think you can teach your kids uh, advanced mathematics or science or things of this nature? And there was such this pressure upon us. So I'd just like to answer the few, few of the questions that we faced. Number one question we faced, is it legal? At the time, we were probably borderline we kept our kids indoors during school hours. We didn't advertise that we were homeschooling. We didn't take them to the grocery store. Sometimes we didn't even let them play outside during school hours because we weren't sure. There weren't clear laws at the time when we started doing this. Now, in most states, there are. Check out the laws. Don't encourage you to break the law, 
but they are your kids. That's the point. They don't belong to the state. They are your kids. You have every right to educate them, but figure out a way to make sure you're legal. You don't want an unnecessary legal battle. Number two, were you afraid you're going to ruin the kids? Well, yeah, we had that concern. We didn't want to ruin our kids. Every parent wants to give their child the best opportunities for success. Every child, every parent wants to mold their children well and teach them well and give them every advantage they can possibly have. But we also began to wonder if the schools could ruin the children. Never stop and never forget that. Schools can ruin the children as well. And I've seen many, you've seen many a child who's gone to a school and they develop a disrespect for their parents. They develop a disrespect for authority. They develop a lack of love for our country. And they develop a, they, they are introduced to ideas that parents, we don't want them to be involved in. And they can develop a worldview that rejects faith in God. This is the problem with secular education. uh, Education, I say it again, don't think education is just reading, writing, and arithmetic, the three R's. No, education teaches a child how to live, their place in the world, what they should do with their life. These basic skills of academic skills, reading, writing, arithmetic, yeah, they're important, and you learn those. You may learn those in your formal education, but it's far, far more than that. It's what are you reading? It's what are you going to do with your life? Teachers and education inspires a child, gives them, it points them in a direction of what they want to do with their life. It, it, it tells them how to answer questions, how to solve problems. And my friend, if in your life, if the education your children are experiencing is you do all this stuff without needing God. God's not a part of it. He's not a part of the making your moral decisions. He's not a part of solving the world's problems. He's not a part of, of uh, he's just not a part. In our opinion, that would ruin a child. That would ruin a child to give them hours and hours and hours each day like that. And if you are forced to be in a situation like that, if you're unable to, if you've got to take that route, Boy, you better work hard to combat it during the hours you have your kids because the school has them during those key hours each day. And if you don't have them, you better work hard to readjust them. Now you might say, well, wait a minute, Tom. My kids went to public school and they turned out all right. And I won't deny that. There's plenty of kids. I went to a public school and uh, I kind of turned out all right. My wife went to public school. She turned out all right. But it was when we started to homeschool and we realized all that we had missed out on in education, all that we'd missed studying history, studying science, the literature that our kids were reading that we weren't ever exposed to. And as we were educating ourselves along with them, because we were doing the curriculum with them and we always, wow, I never noticed this in science when I was in school. I never was taught this history. I never looked at history from a God point of view. I never looked at science from a uh, the creator's point of view. Even the books we would read, the great literature that is out there, the Christians have produced that expand the mind, that challenge the mind. And what was I reading in high school? It wasn't that stuff. And so, folks, it's not sometimes when we talk about ruining a child. Was I ruined? 
Well, I wasn't ruined, but I sure wasn't given the potential I could have had. I wasn't given the potential and exposed to the ideas that later on I learned when we home educated our children that expanded my mind, my my appreciation of history, of science in particular, in ways that I I was just bored with it in, in, when I was growing up and thrilled with it as I began to see how God was involved. God and a godly education and giving our kids a godly education brought out the best in me as we were educating them. And by the way, I'd say me, my wife did most of it. My wife did most of it. And so that leads to this next question. Would you ever feel inadequate? Well, of course we did. We've been told we weren't experts. We were told that you had to have a degree to know how to educate a child. We were told, how are you going to, you know, do you know these advanced uh, aspects of things? No, I don't know advanced math. Yet one of my kids graduated with a math degree from college with a, a, a top math degree. How did they learn these things? Well, number one, do we feel inadequate? Yes, but we take our inadequacy to God. See, this is one of life's lessons. If you only do what you feel adequate to do, you're never going to get stretched. You're never going to grow. God challenges us to do things that require us to count on him. God challenges us to do things that keep us humble and dependent upon the Lord. God challenges us to do things that require us to pray, that require us to grow, that require us to go seek help from other people who are advanced from us. You see, you've got to understand something. You home educate your children, you might grow more than they do. You might learn more than they do. God's going to stretch you in the process of teaching them. God's going to teach you in the process of teaching them. And this is part of the exciting thing. Never think you've stopped growing. I don't care where you are in life. Where I'm at now, I was a grandpa. And, uh, and, and I'm at a stage where some people would say retire. No, I expect to keep growing, keep learning, keep developing, keep being stretched. I currently am doing things I feel inadequate in, and I'm learning new things. That's what life is like, is it not? So do you feel? did you ever feel inadequate? Of course we did. When we got started, we didn't know what we were doing. We were trying. We experimented. We sought the Lord. We did the best we could. We made adjustments along the line. And, uh, and to be honest, we found out, my wife found out she's a lot better at it than she realized. She was very good at it, far better than she expected she would be. And those fears of inadequacy and those insecurities, those insecurities that were exposed by feeling inadequate ended up not being, being there after all. We did quite a fine job. Were you concerned your kids would not be socialized properly? When we began this journey in homeschooling, our primary motivation was we wanted them to have, them to have a God-centered education. We didn't want them schooled in the ideas of secular humanism. We wanted them to learn about God, and we believed all truth comes from God. All truth comes from God. We didn't want God to be a topic we didn't want religion to be a topic, and we sure didn't want to exclude it. We wanted God and the Scripture to be at the center of all that they would learn, and they would see the world from a God-centered point of view. That's why we did it. But as we got going, we realized 
maybe the primary reason you want homeschool is to socialize them. I mean, you just stop and think, what do kids learn at school? They learn to bully one another. They learn to pick on one another. They learn to get the pecking order, who's, who's the top dog and who's not. In our day now, they share pornography with one another on the smartphones. They learn to rebel. Often it's the, often it's the class clown that gets the most attention. Often, in other words, they're being socialized by a peer group that's probably a peer group of unbelieving children. Probably a, being socialized by people walking in the flesh. People not walking in the spirit. Often being socialized by people, kids who haven't come from good families, whose parents have not taught these children discipline and respect and honor and hard work and diligence and qualities like this. Were we concerned they wouldn't be properly socialized? We decided we want to be the ones to socialize our children. We want to be the ones to teach our children how to interact with other people, how to be secure around others, how to be confident how not to pick on one another, how not to make fun of one another. And indeed, I will tell you, even when our kids went to, began to go to Christian school, in middle school and high school, we realized they were picking up some social qualities that we weren't happy with and that they'd never shown and never, never exhibited until they got even in the Christian high school. And so... Were we afraid we wouldn't socialize? We thought, this is the reason homeschool. And I might add, this is one of the primary reasons. Parents, you can teach your children how to behave. You can teach your children how to get along with others. Now, this doesn't mean you isolate them, and I encourage you not to isolate them. You can get them around other children, but you're there, and you can supervise. Have other children over to your house to play. We always, at our house, we didn't have a whole lot of money. But we always made sure we had things at our house that would make other kids want to come there instead of our kids want to go to the neighbor's houses. We had them, obviously, with other kids in the church, other kids in the neighborhood, on sports teams. Uh, nowadays, there's all kinds of co-ops and, and Christian uh, homeschool groups, and you can socialize them with other peers that also are raised in families that you're confident. Now, let me say, you can't always shelter your children from everything. And as homeschoolers, let's not think that that's, that that's the goal of life. They have to be exposed to different things. I do remember with my daughter, we were visiting out in San Francisco. We went down to Haight-Ashbury. Remember where the whole hippie movement really broke loose in the 60s. And there was a guy strung out on drugs down there. It's on the, on the street corner, kind of a homeless guy. And he was, and we walked by, my little daughter was probably five years old, and she saw him, and she asked, what in the world is wrong with that man, Daddy? We said, he's on drugs. He's taking drugs. I don't think my daughter was ever tempted with drugs after that again. We didn't shield our children. They went out on campus with me. They saw certain things when it was age appropriate, but we introduced them to the evils of the world when we were there, and we could guard them, and we could teach them this is evil. You don't do that. It wasn't enticing. We didn't introduce them to evil in the world in a way they'd be enticed, but rather in a way that they'd be repulsed. Well, I could go on and on and on, and I see that it's time to, to just go to prayer now. Parents, I want to say, if you're considering homeschooling, talk to some other homeschoolers. It's not as hard as you think. It is hard, and there are times you'll feel inadequate, but it's not 
an impossible thing. And as a matter of fact, there are now millions and millions of homeschooled kids who've turned out just fine. And parents who entered into it with certain fears and adequacies and insecurities that ended up being glad they did. It might be something you ought to check out. I would encourage it. Whatever option you take, whatever schooling option you take, remember, you're always educating them. It's your responsibility, not the states, not the schools. Don't just turn them over to anyone else. You be involved. You be proactive. Don't you be passive. And you're educating round the clock, whichever formal way you take. Amen. Father, we pray for our children. We pray for this next generation. You said, Father, that the words you've commanded us should be on our heart and we should speak to them, to our sons, when we rise up, when we sit down, when we lie down, when we walk about, all the time. And I pray, oh God, that you would help us as parents and grandparents to figure out a way to invest in our children. That's so important. They are a gift from you. I pray, Father, give us a love for them, a willingness to sacrifice for them. Help us to realize the joy they will bring if we invest in them. What a reward the children are. What a reward they are. And I pray, Father, today, I pray for people. I know there's people on here who've made decisions they regret in raising their children, educating their children. They made decisions they regret. Lord, comfort each of us today. Help us not to be living with regret. Help us to make the most of this day and our future with our children. We've done as best we could. Help us, Lord, to, to realize that it's never done with our children. Grant, They're always growing. They're always learning. I pray we would be as well always growing, always learning, and always believing and trusting you. We pray for these things. We give you praise, and we thank you for you being with us. Thank you for your principles of life and your commands of life, that as we follow them, you make our way successful and prosperous, and you bless us, and you fill us with joy and a sense of peace. We bless you for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. God bless you. I hope you come back with me every day. If you're new, if you're new with us, a special welcome. We love having everybody along. We're here every day. We talk about the Word of God each day or how it applies to our life. Join us. Hit, hit subscribe and hit the notify leave a like the video tell me where you're from but make a commitment coming every day my friends most christians we were talking last night most christians the vast majority they don't get into the bible every day how do you expect to grow if you're not in the scripture every day how do you expect to grow if you're not feeding your soul it's not going to happen so get in the word of god make sure you join us we'd love to have you along every day tell your friends until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with courage, confidence, faith, and the love of God. Okay, God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.